Welcome to the Unsuccess Podcast, a podcast where we talk about faith and ministry here in Portland, Oregon. I'm David Libby. I'm the other guy. Yep. And we you know just, what I noticed, David? We is... just recorded one of these and we're we like stopped I... it and we started right away again. Huh. Your intros get like faster and faster. That's because I don't know. I, I keep because as you drink coffee, I keep working like, my way finish, down the coffee cup, and so I finish a cup of coffee. I'm just David getting really wired. Talking I'm, a mile a minute. I'm excited. Our last episode was good, and I want to keep that momentum going. So yeah, today we talked about we're buildings. Going, we're going to talk about micro churches. I guess. Well, you know, sort of. So. <laughs> David, let me tell this, you what we're going to talk about. This was one of my worst intros, but it's whatever. No, it's fine. No, it's not. You've had a lot of bad ones. It's <laughs> <laughs> but really yeah, good ones, that's, too. That's true, though, I have. I think, I think like, I tried to intro once, and I'm like, no. I've listened th- back to some of our older episodes, and I'm like, wow, we there are there's a lot of blank space there. Like, where we don't really know how to fill in the gaps. Well, honestly, there's a lot of, like, us just talking empty words. Yeah, like like right now, for example. Yeah. Um, so, we talked about buildings last episode, and, uh, and David, you mentioned, you know, like, in this, especially in the 70s and 80s, there was this big push for big buildings. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to unpack in this episode, could kind of talk about the... the the why behind that to go a little bit deeper, maybe. And the reason why churches need big buildings is because they were gathering and building big crowds. Well, and how the pendulum right now seems to be swinging the other way. And so, and, and, and how that might be good, it might be reactionary, but it, yeah. it's really interesting. And so, like, we talk about, we talk about church growth, which actually goes back to like one of the underlying foundation. Um, kind of core values, I guess, of this this show, this whole you know, w- the whole motivation kind of behind this is this idea of you know that we have been inundated and told you know that we need to build bigger churches or we need to grow more and you know it's this people, this metric that the people that sell books that you see on Good Morning America or whatever are the. If if any pastor ends up on a show like that, it's because they have twenty thousand people at their congregation. Yeah, that's yeah. Like people can write an unbelievable book that will change your life, and if there's a hundred people in their church, they're never going to be noticed. Yeah. And, that's, and David, this goes this goes beyond church too. Like I I've talked to some business owners who like. They just talk. They're like, yeah, you know, next year it's it's all about growing. It's all about growing their revenue, and you can't have a year that is just like it's not like you reach a certain plateau. You know, like okay, well, my business is netting you know a hundred thousand dollars now, so I'm good. I'm just gonna sit on that. You know, like no, they're they're always trying to figure out how to, you know make the next buck to like get to the 125,000 or the 200,000 or how am I going to reach a million a year? And yeah. And we feed into that. Why? It's it's like, it's, it's Western civilization, you know, like, and maybe it's actually even beyond that. I haven't done a lot, you know, like, but I wonder even in third world countries, you know, like what is the, there's this drive to be bigger, to be better, to grow. Well, we, we deify celebrities. We, we put them, on such a pedestal that we care. There was on the homepage of BBC News, um, there was an article about a year ago 
where um, where Kim Kardashian had convinced President Trump to um, uh, to free. Wait, pause. Kim Kardashian and President Trump just got a shout out in Kim our Kardashian podcast. Convinced the President of the United States to um, have someone freed from prison. That that was on the homepage of BBC News. Um, now that it, it was a great story and it was a great thing, but um, we we care. If Kim Kardashian tweets something, we care about it. Why? Uh, because she's married to Kanye West and because she's a Kardashian. Like, we we care what she has to say, and, and society as a whole cares what she has to say, so much so mm-hmm. that people follow her on Instagram, on Twitter. People, people care what Kim Kardashian is about to say much more than... Um, my, my favorite theologian of all time was a guy named Will Campbell. He, he marched alongside Martin Luther King. Um, but most of his life was spent just as a farmer. He fought for civil rights. He was a professor and, and, but he, he was mostly just a farmer, very low key. Um, were he alive today? He died a few years ago. Um, were he alive? He was alive when Kim Kardashian was big. Um, 99 point a zillion nines after it of the world doesn't care what Will Campbell has to say, mm-hmm. but so much percentage of the world cares if Kim Kardashian says something that's not a knock against Kim Kardashian. I'm just saying like, if you're a celebrity, your words matter for some reason. That's yeah, just a societal s- thing. Yeah. If if she said she was running for president, people would care. We know this because a celebrity ran for president and people cared. I mean, David, you announced <laughs> a couple a couple episodes ago, you announced that you're running for president. I don't think anybody cared. Well, we don't know yet. They have to write me in. <laughs> it, it hasn't happened yet. There's I mean, there's a primary happening right now. I could win it. I probably won't. Biden hasn't won yet, and Trump hasn't won yet. That doesn't happen until the convention. I could still win this thing. You just need to get out and vote. (laughs) That's stupid. Um, No, people care about celebrity, and that's part of the church, too. Yeah, and so we, like, and and our, man, shoot. So as pastors and leaders, our worth and our value, then, is determined by how large of a crowd we can gather. Yeah, or how infamous we are. Mark Driscoll had a major fall, and yet if he says anything, yeah, people people, people notice it. Even the people that hate the guy, like he's a celebrity, so people yeah. care. Yeah, that's that's good. So right now, David, again, like every church because of the coronavirus um, is like our hands are forced. We actually can't gather together in large groups of people. And so um, there is what what I am noticing, at least, is there is a dispersion, even with our churches, you know, like our smaller congregations, um, there is a disbursement that has happened. Um, and and there's this movement, going back to what you mentioned, this movement of like the micro churches, and it's just a new word for what's kind of, I think, always been around. Um, 
but a different expression of of church where you know a micro church is you know a small group of maybe 8 to 15 or 25 people um who you know probably primarily gather in homes um but they have no desire to you know grow big and have a building and have all these programs and it's like it's just a s- small group of people that is the church and they, you know, their leader isn't, you know, some super charismatic best-selling author, um, but it's just somebody who God has laid on their heart, you know. And here's a here's a question: why why is it why is this idea so trendy right now? I I I didn't hear the well, word micro church until I heard it from you, but yeah, but. I've heard the term house church movement for years now. And and there seems to be this trend of little groups of disciples. Like and and it's almost a trendy thing as was vintage church right uh, a while back where which was sort of again, let's name drop Mark Driscoll. I don't know why. I really dislike Mark Driscoll. But uh <laughs> Well, Dan Kimball was Dan, on that Dan too. Kimball was probably the the poster child for that. But but vintage church was a big thing, and then there was a mega church movement, and there was like the the house church or micro church movement seems to be the one now. Is that is that the other side of the pendulum, and is it um, is it sort of a way for your non celebrity pastors? to kind of mm. boost their own ego and yeah. make themselves feel like, hey, no, what we do matters. In right. fact, it matters more than these mega churches. Is that is that people like you and I just trying to Yeah, that's what when you look at you look at yeah um are we trying to downplay as a as a Christian culture, are we trying to downplay giant churches and talk about a quote unquote house church movement uh, to make ourselves feel better about the work that we do. Yeah, yeah, that's completely fair. Um, but like, so what's what's the underlying cause? What's the underlying need for that? You know, and um, again, it's a measuring contest. Because <laughs> bigger is always better, right? It, it, but in this case, the the smaller, the smaller you can you make have, your church, it's better. The the better. Uh. <laughs> no, I I don't know. I I'm wondering. If this is only trendy because of that, but what's interesting is probably the most famous micro church um, example is Francis, is Francis Chan. Chan in in San uh, um, San Francisco, San Francisco, and so we even still have put a celebrity on top of this movement, right? I was reading inter- interestingly enough, though. So Francis Chan kind of leads or least over the last decade has kind of moved and led this network of micro churches. I read this article. It said 17 micro churches and they have not been able to accumulate more than 250 people. And so, um, with the 17 different kind of expressions there, um, and there, like there comes this time, like we just have like stop trying to control stuff. And maybe that's what like, and I think we'll we'll get our kind of our last episode where we'll we're gonna talk specifically about some of the different expressions that church has. And 
man, David, like we have to allow the freedom for that. And so whether you, you feel drawn to lead a large church because God uses large churches and large gatherings. Like that is evident. We look at Jesus ministry. I mean, Jesus preached to 5,000 quote unquote men, you know, and so, you know, how, whatever that means, um, however many thousands of people that Jesus preached to. And then he had some one-on-one discipleship time, you know, and like his groups when he gathered, you know, with his 12 disciples, that would have been a micro church, you know, and, and so Jesus actually embodied all of it. And, and having, having the freedom to kind of be able to let that be rather than saying one is wrong and one is right. Um, yeah, but see what you have happened there. Cause right when you talked about that, I heard a thousand different messages I've heard at leadership conferences. Yeah. Um, we, we take that, but we don't hear freedom in that we hear let's, let's make a standard of how to do church. And so they'll say, oh, you need your team of three, and then your team of three uh, leads your team of 12, and then your team of 12 leads the whole bigger church. And so you you put it in, and, and that becomes the trendy way to do leadership. Like, it's, it's never freedom when we talk about different types of church. Yeah. We just try and pick one and say, this is the pinnacle of church. And, um, and I mean, I'm as guilty of that as anyone i'm just i'm sitting here right now and thinking about all the different churches in our area and (laughs) and how we could do it better than them not how we do it better no but but how like we could or no i'm kind of ranking them and i shouldn't be i don't i don't want to but but i'm sort of doing it in my own mind like I'm trying to be vulnerable here and talk about my own failings, but I am definitely doing that right now. I'm thinking of what I'd rather go to and who I think is best communicating the gospel and who I think is best leading and what style is better than another. And that's not freedom. That's me, again, trying to control the, the best way that leading is happening. And, and I, I'm afraid that that's what's happening with micro churches right now is that people are like, Oh nope, this, this is, is the, the best expression. This is this is the ultimate expression of the gospel. Yep. How many times in your life have you heard we're taking it back to New Testament Christianity? Yep. You've heard it a million and a half times and you've heard it in different ways. People have said that about mega churches. People have said that about twenty thousand person churches. This we're bringing it back to New Testament Christianity because we're sharing the gospel. People have said it about missions work. We're taking it back to New Testament Christianity because we're taking the gospel out. People have said it about micro churches. We're taking it back to New Testament Christianity because we're keeping the disciples close. You're they, talking faster. I'm talking. I finished my <laughs> coffee. I and also I don't know. I woke up kind of angry and I'm just ranting a little bit. I no. It's. It's That's, so true. We, yeah. We always want to say this expression is New Testament Christianity, and, and it's that, not. That expression just happens to be the my, one that we like the my most. expression. <laughs> because I think just like Jesus did, I have the mind of God. All you oh, other yeah. all don't. you other oh. failures out there don't, but I do. That's that's what we do. And that's the ego 
of being a church leader or a Christian at all. I'm sorry. I'm crapping all over your micro church idea. Josh has been excited about this for a while, <laughs> and and we we came into this 18 minutes ago, and we were like, oh, we're going to talk about micro churches, and I took the last 18 minutes just to crap all over your idea. No, it's really <laughs> good though. Like in that, um, man, like what what is at the heart of it is is ego and going. Man, David, this like goes back to I think the second episode in the season where, you know, I started kind of sharing how difficult this season of coronavirus kind of is for me. Um, but when, when we as pastors no longer get to control the outcome of, you know, whether kind of growing a large church or a smaller church or like we actually just have to trust the Holy Spirit to work in people's sure. hearts. Um, and to, to be able to give people the, the freedom to express how, how God has laid it on their hearts. Um, let me ask you something. How do you control the outcome or how do you not control the outcome? How do you have freedom? Well, uh, right now you can't like, I, I guess, you know, like, and that's something I think you can, I think I'm asking you cause I think I'm trying to control the outcome. I think like I've had this postcard ministry thing that I've had for a while, which is basically just, I ask people if they want a postcard and I send it to them. I, I've been doing that for a while now. And during quarantine, I'm doing it more because mail's fun. But I, I started thinking recently, is there ego behind that? And is there, um, I want to be the savior of mankind behind that. Is there, I want to stay in touch with people so they'll stay connected to me after this is all over behind that. Like, am I, am I doing everything to try and control the outcome? Like, I, I tend to try and self-diagnose myself. I'm my yeah. own therapist. I have another therapist, but I'm also my own therapist. <laughs> and um, Which one's better, David? Oh, me. No, no, I actually, my therapist is actually amazing. Emily, if you're out there and you're not, because you don't listen to this, um, I love you, but, uh, but I like, I, I also fight with her a lot in therapy, but, um, but yeah, I, I think, I think my ego is always behind anything I ever do as a leader. (sighs) And I don't think I've ever been able to divorce myself of that. So how mm. do you, like, how do we not have that be a thing is what I'd be curious about. Yeah. And there's probably some, you know, some healthy things about an ego, I guess. You know, like we actually, uh, there, there's, there, there's a necessariness, I suppose, um, especially when you look at it, you know, from an organizational standpoint and perspective, um, you know, ego is actually important. Um, but I, I don't, that, that's a really good question. And I think like just the self-awareness of it and, you know, I, I think about the, the 10 spiritual stops, you know, um, or the 10 stops and the, the journey of spiritual transformation that shout out know, to George Barna for that's right. apparently, uh, poorly written book that had a good message behind it. Yeah. But that, (laughs) um, that thing that is kind of changed the way that I think about, 
and just experience, I think, transformation in, in life. But stop, stop eight is a deep surrender and submission. And I've thought, I've been thinking a lot about that in the last couple months. Um, and really think that I'm like, I'm, I'm camped out there. And this is the, the thing with surrender is like, I don't, I don't know, David, if we can actually like will ourselves to fully surrender. Um, and that's what surrender and submission fully comes only after brokenness. And so, I mean, like for me, the answer of like, how do you break an ego? Like you just have to sit in the brokenness long enough. Um, and, and that is like this coronavirus, I think is giving us an opportunity, um, to sit in the brokenness, the unmet expectations, and just to sit in that long enough, like, and, and check your heart, like, don't get jaded. Cause like that goes back to stop six is a discontent, which is, um, you know, comes before brokenness, but, but, and, and then like, don't just throw it off and say like, Oh, I don't care and become indifferent, but really like intentionally sit in the uncomfortableness, sit in the brokenness. And then just like that, that's where the God can only do that. Like that surrender and submission. It's like that, that is a work of the spirit that, that only comes as a result. I I think, you know, of sitting in the brokenness long enough. Um, Cause that our ego can't like, we can't just take our ego and set it out. I, I really think our ego has to be broken. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I'm a pastor. And so I, I've heard a lot anytime, anytime pastors do anything at the heart of it, it's only so that they can get more money for their churches or more or grow their churches bigger. And I always like to say that I don't care about that. And I, I don't think I do because I want my church to be rich or because I want my church to be big. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely at the heart of a lot of my decisions is that I don't want to fail, which is why it's so ironic that I co-lead a podcast called Unsuccess where we try and talk about how, <laughs> how um, being success isn't being successful isn't what life is about and that um that failure is okay and good and not a failure in God's eyes but I I'm deeply deeply afraid of failing and I'm deeply afraid of being alone and so I like I don't I don't know that true brokenness and surrender is really at the heart of a lot of the things that I do. Mm. I think what's at the heart of a lot of the things that I do as a church leader is that I want to be needed yeah, and that I want to be loved and not by God, just by people. And, um, and I think, I think that's at the heart of, of a lot of my moves, I'm an Enneagram two and I'm an ENFP and on the Myers Briggs. And so I like, I want to be needed and I want people around me. Um, and, and so Mm. I like, it's, there's definitely ego or at least self-centeredness at the heart of so much of what I do. 
and 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 at the heart of what I say. And so to bring this all back, when we talk about microchurches, I'm excited to talk about it because to me that says what you're doing is good and effective because like you're growing small, you're shrinking your church, mm-hmm. like your church isn't that big, but hey, you're at the forefront of Christianity because uh, small mm. churches are kind of the trend right now, and that's a good thing. And so you're successful in that way, and people still like and need you. Um, it, it feels it's like you're, very... you're being successful at being unsuccessful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's, yep. that's why... Um, uh, that's why I think I'm bringing up all these questions is because if I'm being honest with myself, I'm not excited about small churches because I feel like it's a form of surrender. I'm excited about small oh churches because yeah. it fits along because with my mentality. Oh. It fits along with what I do as a pastor. And if yeah. I was someone like John Mark Comer, who we talked with and who has a pretty big church in this area and who doesn't have the mindset of growing large, if I was in his place, I would probably pursue large, um, a, a large church because that's what I have and that's how I would feel needed. Um, so I don't, I don't know, man, I... Like, I don't, this might just be a me thing, and I'm sure you didn't expect to just be, like, drilling into my own psyche for this whole half hour, but... Um, yeah, like, David, we're getting too deep, man. Nah, nah, there's there's plenty more to go. Uh, the COVID-19 and being stuck at my house has made me get deep into my own head, and I am, I am just mm. swimming in my own mm. thoughts. Um, mm. <laughs> but I like, I just, I, I really think we need to check our motives as churches and as Christians for why we are pursuing a different type of church lately. Is it because we're postmodern and we like all different things or is it because it makes us feel important? Yeah. Or is it because we're deeply, truly surrendered and submitted to a higher calling to to the gospel and to what God wants to do. I would love to say us. that's true, and I, I hope it's true for everyone else. I don't think it's true for me. Here's the pro- like, and he, oh, David, here's the rub, is if we say that, then it's probably not <laughs> yeah, actually true. that's true. It's probably it's like, not actually true. It's like saying the, the sentence, I am humble. If you say it out loud, then you're not. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Like the the most humble people I've ever talked to, they will tell you they are the biggest sinners ever. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Like I like I have yeah. Shout out to Linda Joe again. You know, like I can't. She's one of the most humble people <laughs> I think of. You know, one of our first guests that we had on this show. You know, and our first guest. She yeah she, she was, was. it wasn't the first episode but it was our first guest. Yeah. You're right. Um, and she will she will be the first to tell you how. Humble, she is not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, she and and that's because I think she always has her own thoughts and her own motives in mind. And so, yeah. while she might act selflessly, she also, I think, knows 
her thoughts and her motivations aren't always pure. Yeah. Um, and, and so we are all our own worst critics, but I also don't think that's a bad thing. I think, I think the more that we push for a very specific expression of faith huh. and a very specific expression of church, mm. I think behind that is a lot of pain or a lot of, mm. um, a lot of, uh, selfishness or a lot of ego. Wow. I I should have been a therapist, but instead I pursued ministry. Um, <laughs> I think both of them are um, are uh, um, vocations that involve a whole lot of uh, pain and suffering. <laughs> I don't think either of those are like, like, um, they're they're nice world changing um, vocations, and uh, there's just a lot of pain associated oh, with God. both of them. <laughs> oh man, I'm not built for anything that is joyful and pays well. <laughs> My mind only works in a very specific way. <laughs> well, Dave, that was good. Good challenging thoughts. You know, like so. I mean, at, at the end of the day, um, size doesn't matter as much as we like to think it does, whether big or small. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try uh, and let you talk next time. (laughs) (laughs) I, I feel like I took the last two episodes over. If, if you recall, (laughs) you know, like you talk better and I look better. So that's true. So why did you, why did you ever want to do a podcast? uh, We should have done a video cast, man. That's right. Although in this coronavirus COVID-19 thing, like I have not had a haircut in way too long. That's true. I almost shaved my head the and other day. So I'm not looking too great. Audrey Assad, uh, the singer, she just shaved her head. It actually looks awesome. Um, and I tried to shave my head once and I slept on the couch. So. That's true. Well, if so, final story. Um, Josh shaved his head to look like Martin Luther as in bald spot in the middle, and that's it. And it looked great. This was for Halloween a couple of years ago. Because, I mean, like, let's be honest. I When I go, when I decide to do something, I usually have a pretty big commitment. Yeah, you know, and... Like, I'm, all, I'm all in. And he did it, and it looked great. And he didn't tell his wife, and that was the problem. <laughs> the problem wasn't doing it. I think she probably would have let you, or at least... But it was, it was kind of a... A surprise for everyone because you 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 didn't I feel like you didn't want to do the costume so much as you wanted the moment. And if you want the moment, you need to surprise everybody. And I don't I don't think that's bad. There's a lot of good that comes along with wanting the moment. We talked about experiences last episode. You do that so well, but it can also Um, be a curse. Like Adrian um, Mike I, always said, I it's a blessing and yeah. a curse. <laughs> I still haven't learned it because recently I purchased bright orange Crocs without my wife knowing, and she opened the package and looked at them, and it was a similar expression. I, I didn't sleep on the couch that night, fortunately, but she looked at them and she goes, did you buy these to mow the lawn? <laughs> <laughs> I, and they just, are, like, the look on her face was priceless. It was just like... What were you thinking? You should have just played it. You should have been like, oh, this isn't what I ordered. Well, we can send them back. No, you know what? Nah, they came. It's fine. These will be fine. Pretend you didn't want them and then I keep can't, them. I can't do that. And she would call BS on me so quick. Right. Too, yeah. So. Yeah. So anyway, um, 
I guess that's our podcast. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed listening. We have a Facebook page. We have an Instagram page. We have a Twitter page. Come talk to us because we're lonely and bored at home. And we want people to talk to. You can find me. I'm on all those things. You can find Josh. He's on them too. Um, we check them sometimes. Um, so yeah, <laughs> find us. Talk to us. We want to hear from you. What did you agree with? What didn't you agree with? Can you... Um, diagnose me because I think that's the real question from this whole thing is what's wrong with my brain. I've got, <laughs> I've got some problems. I'm on antidepressants, but I could use some more. Like give me, that's our, give me some psychiatric that's our, help. Our next contest. For yeah. A book. Yeah. <laughs> what's wrong with, what's David's wrong brain? with David's brain? I've actually got a, a, a great book title. I've got, so I've got, I don't think it's, I don't think I'm going to write a book, but I've got a, I've got an idea for a sermon series or something. Um, I don't know what it's going to be, but the the title was "Groping for a Penny in Alcatraz," <laughs> and there's a whole point to that story. And I um, I really like that title. I feel like I need to change the word "groping," but "feeling for a penny in Alcatraz" just doesn't have the same ring to it. Oh, so boy. anyway, I'll tell you about the uh, book next episode. I won't, but I'm trying to hook you. Um, so anyway, join us next time. I'm David. <laughs> For the Unsuccess Podcast, I'm Josh. And we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>